Ever noticed those who've had everything taken away have so much to give? You're listening to episode three of season three of The Hearth of Setbush Hollow, The Nursing Home. Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience, open Saturdays 9 to 2 in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton, and I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and my newest title, Redefining Rich, which has just been released from Bembella Books. Ula has needle-felted a tail and a set of testicles and then attached them with Velcro to a plush lamb. Sersha and Bob are running through slides of farm photos, choosing the best and putting them in order. It's the first day of spring, only a few days after the shooter drove through our tiny hamlet. But today isn't about guns. Today is about visiting the residence of Marchand Manor, an assisted living facility over in Sharon Springs. We're there at the behest of Willa. She and her husband raise grass-fed beef, and her day job is to coordinate the activities there. We don't get a lot of visitors, she tells me. We just need someone fresh and new to come and talk. Talk about anything having to do with the farm. So many of them grew up on farms. Ula and Sersha cheerfully take up the challenge. Sersha gives the slideshow, talking about grazing practices and farrowing pigs and Thanksgiving turkeys. She introduces the residents to celebrity livestock we've particularly enjoyed over the years. Favorite sheep, a chicken named Strawberry who liked to sit on laps, a goose named Foie Gras who thought he was a human. She shows photos of my brother and I growing up on the land, driving a horse-drawn sled at Christmas. She tells the story of Bob joining the family, then about her own arrival, then Ula's, then Corey's, then Nate and Jen's. When she gets to lambing season, Ula takes over. Ula stands in front of the group with her lambing box and her now anatomically correct newborn ram lamb. She reviews procedures for snipping the umbilical cord, treating it with iodine, then checking the mother's milk, then leaving them to bond. She then talks about the importance of tail docking for herd health and explains why we castrate lambs. She then places bands on her elastrator and demonstrates both procedures on her plush toy. 
Sersha takes over from there and walks the residents through what we do with all that we harvest, from making sausages and processing our wool fleeces into blankets, to canning summer produce and serving our own eggs and bacon at the cafe. I am as rapt as the citizens, gazing at the photos, remembering why we do the work we do, taking flight from the darkness that haunts our life at this moment, escaping newspaper headlines and conversations with frightened neighbors. Sersha and Ula are radiant. They speak with ease. All four of us jump in to tell different stories about silly mistakes we've made, failed endeavors, about the things we love best, farm dogs, swimming holes, family dinners. We finish and begin packing up to go. If you have any time at all, Willow says, our oldest resident, Elsie, was not able to come join us today. Would you mind stopping by her room? Bob takes the lambing kit and projector to the car, and Sersha, Ula, and I follow Willow to Elsie's room. She sits in a big easy chair, staring straight ahead. Willa leans forward and shouts directly in her ear. I've brought you some guests. Elsie, this is Sersha and Ula and Shannon from Sapbush Hollow Farm. She reaches a hand out until I grab it, then she pulls me in close. Her face lights up with my touch. You can call me Pat she says jovially. The kids used to tease me when I was a little girl because of Elsie the cow, so I like to go by Pat. With me firmly by her side, she releases her grip and reaches her hands in front of her again until she finds Sersha and Ula. She pulls them until they join me in nuzzling beside her. She touches their faces, giggles as she remembers stories from her own childhood on a farm, asks them questions about what it's like now, and touches their hair. At first, Sersha and Ula struggle to make themselves heard. They quickly learn, however, to give short, loud responses, to smile broadly, and to keep in Pat's embrace. She can't really see much any longer, and her hearing has really declined, Willa explains to me on the side. So she can't participate in any of the activities in the same way. It's just so sad. But Pat is not sad in this moment. Her eyes are alight with mischief as she remembers cow pie fights and feats of farm athleticism. What she has lost in sight and hearing, she makes up for with touch, repeatedly hugging us all and squeezing our hands. But we can't stay all day. There are chores to do and errands to run and the current reality of our situation to face. We say our goodbyes and return to the car where we ride without speaking. Sersha, my stoic kid, breaks the silence with a sniffle from the back seat. What's wrong? I ask. She has nothing left, she tells me. She can't see. She can't walk. She can hardly hear. Sersha is wrapping her 18-year-old mind around the ephemerality of her own youth. But how could Pat have nothing left when she had so much to give us? My 48-year-old soul is uplifted by her, by the joy she expressed at our visit, by the warmth of her touch, the strength of her serenity as life slowly reclaims from her the gifts that each of us takes for granted. I think about the weight I've been carrying lately, about the wound our community now faces, about my own limitations in fixing the problem and making things better. But today, 
I got to hold Pat's hand, and in it, I felt the softest of reminders. This too shall pass, and you will have more memories, more sorrows, and more joys. But for today, no matter what trials we face right now, for those few moments at her side, we were enough. Happy spring, everyone. Sapbush Cafe is now open for the season every Saturday through December 24th from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Our online website, sapbushfarmstore.com, is stocked with our grass-fed and pastured meats as well as wool bedding and yarn. Since the shooting, the Honor Store has been taped back together for the time being, but we do not have any retail freezer space, so you'll need to order your cuts before you come and we'll have them pulled and left in the pickup freezer for you. That said, I do want to take a few moments to thank those of you who urged us to start the Sapbush Hollow GoFundMe campaign and those of you who contributed. We are still waiting on insurance and with the long wait times due to supply chain shortages, we risked a major logjam problem as the growing season approaches. Your gifts enabled us to move fast, putting in orders for replacement parts and equipment. Because of you, that honor store should be fully operational by the end of the month. You're amazing. Thank you. Our farm-to-table retreat on Panther Creek and the Tenter site are already getting summer bookings. If you want to grab a slot to come hang out with us, you can link over to their Airbnb and Tenter listings from the Vacation Rental tab at setbush.com. We also expect to have a new vacation rental available this summer, Tibbetts House, right across from the cafe, a three-bedroom house with a beautiful yard, views of our mountains, cozy fireplaces, and access to all our wonderful local food, hiking trails, and swimming holes. We're finishing up the work now, so stay tuned. If you want to follow us this year, please note that we are no longer on social media. That's a longer story for another time. Meanwhile, find us over on the blog at setbush.com and keep track of farm happenings, my musings, and the weekly prefix cafe special. Even though we aren't on social media, word is getting out about my newest book, Redefining Rich, which, get this, drumroll please, was just awarded an Axiom Medal for Small Business and Entrepreneurship. If you want to practice some of the concepts, be sure to head over to the blog at sapbush.com where you can download the free Redefining Rich Workbook, which helps you work on your quality of life statement, identify true wealth and income streams, practice setting boundaries, and gives you exercises for helping your family and workday flow better. If you enjoyed this, please take a few minutes to leave a review. This helps others to find my work. And please share the podcast with friends and family. This really helps to get the ideas to spread. The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon. And this week, I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons, Tanya Dixon and Tally Richards. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to help support my work, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. In case you are wondering, this podcast was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband, Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from Emery. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Now the birds are singing about all the things they've seen over in the other countries.
sowing seeds and reaping dreams and I think that I am learning all about what it means to stay still long enough to feel